3: The Athletic.
0: It's Straight Out of Cobham, a show about Chelsea FC from The Athletic. On this episode, Three Point Pain How do you solve a problem like goal scoring? And thank God for Sam Kerr. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad free on The Athletic. This is Straight Out of Cobham. oh dear 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 just when you think it can't get any worse it does hey listener don't worry we're here to help you through it it's me Matt Davis Adams joined today by the returning Dominic Fifield hi Dom
3: good morning Matt they should start sending me to Chelsea games again I stress that I've seen them win every time I've been there in the flesh this season
0: excellent it's taken us less than two minutes to solve the Blues problems so that's good news uh, Sam Parkin's also with us you've got to be close to getting the game haven't you Sam oh. <laughs> next week <you> fancy that <laughs> I
4: would have followed in that Sterling shot I'll tell you that for nothing and poke that <laughs> over the line
0: <laughs> um, I'm afraid we've got to quickly move on to talk about Sunday at White Hart Lane or the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or whatever it's called the place where Chelsea always used to win but on Sunday they did not
2: Son Chun-min with the corner kick, right-footed, it's out towards the far post and Kane scores a second goal! Harry Kane, 2-6-8, must have confirmed the result.
4: You can't stop the questions and whilst the results are like they are, then I accept it, it's part of the job. Um, We were talking before the game about watching the all or nothing at Arsenal and two years into Mikel's reign, he's close to getting the sack and people are wanting him out and it's a disaster. And obviously, now things have changed a little bit. But that's just the way it is. You know, if you look at Jurgen's situation, they haven't got the results, and all of a sudden, people want him out. It's just that's just the nature of football. And obviously, I haven't done enough at this club to to have too much good faith. Um, And I also accept that as well.
0: So, another dismal day in the life of the Chelsea men's senior team season 2022-23 then as the Blues lose 2-0 at Tottenham in a game they could still be playing now and wouldn't have scored in. Uh, Here's Opta Joe tweeting, Chelsea have scored six goals across their last 12 games in the Premier League. No side has scored fewer in the competition since the start of November. Chore. Uh, Simon Johnson was there for the Athletic. Here's what he had to say at full time.
2: Well, you know things are bad when Chelsea lose to Tottenham, right? I don't know what else to say, to be honest. It's just sort of same old, same old. Um, yeah, that's two wins out of 15. Uh, final whistle's just gone. Uh, I can see Graham Potter walking off here, the, uh, the Sky Sports cameraman. is right in Potter's face as he walks off. He's looking pretty glum, as he has been for months now. Tom Bowley, chairman, was here to watch this... Very disappointing performance. Um, once again, lots of steady passing, very little goal threat. But why did Potter leave it so long to bring on a striker? Kai Havertz has shown absolutely no goal threat at all. Um, it's still 1-0 and he brings on, um, or he, he gets uh, a Bamiyang ready to come on. But before he comes on, Harry Kane makes it 2-0 too little, too late the damage is done uh, players, a few players walking off the phone there shirts to the, uh, the few away fans that stayed to the end but it's really hard to see where Chelsea go from here to be honest but Potter doesn't seem to know how to turn things around there's lots of chats during the week ahead of this game with the players with the squads how to improve things but we're just seeing the same performance, no goals, and, and they're conceding at the same time. It's not the fans are happy.
0: Spurs weren't that great, to be honest, but they didn't have to be. No, 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 no. No positives for Chelsea <laughs> to take. From Sunday's game. For some sad Simon syntax, check out his post-match piece on the Athletic. If you're not a subscriber, go to the Athletic.com/slash Chelsea Pod to sign up now. Um, Dom, can I offer some some mitigation in the form of that Thiago Silva injury, or am I am I being too kind? I felt like at least one of those goals would not have happened if he'd been on the pitch.
3: Yes, uh, that's that's true. And it, it, depending on the severity of that injury, then Chelsea are going to have to to learn to to be without tiago silva for 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 a while now which is worrying in itself probably should caveat that with i thought he was a bit lucky with the with the elbow stroke arm yeah it wasn't uh, you know he that that might have that might have prompted sanction in a world where refereeing decisions make sense but you know we don't live in that world so it's fine um yeah it, it, the whole thing was tentative and after the first 20 minutes the first 20 minutes you looked at it and thought well Chelsea have got a bit more purpose here And we've seen this performance from Spurs before that they're not great they they almost played similarly to how they against West Ham the previous week and I know they'd won that game in the end but this game played out in a similar way that the match was there for Chelsea to to grasp in that opening 20 minutes half an hour when you're that gummy, when you have no bite whatsoever and, and the, the sort of goal scoring instincts and, and edge is completely blunted by the fact that they're playing with zero confidence whatsoever, uh, they didn't take that opportunity and, the, and the, the game just sort of slipped away from the, the first few, well actually the last few seconds of the first half where they looked a bit frazzled and then the, certainly the first few seconds of the second.
0: Similarities with West Ham, I thought, Sam, in that they started well and you thought, oh, this is all looking quite nice. There's some nice passing movements. If they could just get some runners in behind, they might be able to have a few shots on goal. And then it doesn't happen and and we know what comes next.
4: Yeah, you're hoping you get the goal. Are we really believing they're going to get that goal? The way the last dozen games have gone, no, we're not, really. Um, I think we've seen, well, Felix has got undoubted talent, but he's not going to be the answer, is he? Because He's not a natural goal scorer. I think that's plain as as day. Very, very good player. And and again, he showed some flashes of brilliance. I love his movement uh, in beyond that kind of un- unpredictability, spontaneous movement that he provides. Um, in the first half when he, he just stretched for that one, it was probably the best chance they mustered during that good early spell. But that that's really good movement and, the, and what we need to see more of. I think he's learned now that uh, he's not going to get a lot of the kind of half decisions he probably got in, in other leagues mm. because uh he goes to ground a little too easily and and I, I felt he was you know one of the uh the reasons that Oliver skip was able to give Spurs the lead because he should have should have been stronger there. You, you got to try and protect the ball, but it was a goal littered with a lot of mistakes and really disappointed again, really blunt in forward positions. I was at West Ham on Saturday and against your mob Matt and in the first half for, for the amount of play they had West Ham I never felt they were going to score but what they've got now is, is Danny Ings someone who who wants to score goals that's um, what his profession is all about and in the second half he scores two tappings and I'm not saying Danny Ings is the answer for Chelsea but that's the reason that that game turned on its head that's probably the reason that they'll start picking up wins now and Chelsea needs someone in that mould can it be Aubameyang again? Uh, we'll wait and see. But I think the amount of times that we're seeing this lineup put out there without a natural forward, I think the time is going to come to probably go back to him. And him being on the bench at the weekend could be a sign that they, that moment could be just around the corner.
0: Thanks for that, Sam. I feel even worse now that you've brought <laughs> Forrest into it. Oh,
4: they capitulated, mate. You should have seen them in that second half.
0: After yeah, yeah. Barry. Very good. I see
4: Paris in, mate. Yeah. Quite.
0: how did Gareth Ainsworth's <laughs> first game go QPR boss not brilliant was it 3-1 defeat at home anyway we asked for your thoughts on Chelsea many thanks to everybody who's been in touch there were loads of them we won't be able to get to them all but we did read them all and we do appreciate them uh, here's one from Christian Dom I'll put it to you and, and this was something which we were debating on and off air in the Chelsea TV commentary box yesterday uh, Christian says why aren't we not reverting to a back three now that we have James and Chilwell back to provide the creativity from the width they, they look so blunted those two yesterday didn't they and they are so important to how Chelsea play it feels like that's an easy switch for Potter to do I'm a bit perplexed as to why he hasn't done it I can only
3: assume that it's it's because we spent the last well not, not this isn't the reason but we have spent the last few podcasts saying that it has to be more about continuity um, so he's been playing 4-2-3-1 or variants of for a while now and almost to to sort of get that ingrained in the in the players psyche so that they 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 know the system they're going out to play i think in the early days there was a lot of a lot of people were slightly confused that he kept switching even within games etc that was his thing and and i think he's 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 tried to go for some kind of continuity there and with the personnel he had the four at the back worked maybe now he switches it again and in fairness tottenham away knowing the system that tottenham were going to play that might have been the opportunity to to go with three at the back and just match up and and see who has the better individual players because I still look down that Chelsea team sheet and I think there's probably more natural ability in the Chelsea lineup than there is in the Spurs but the confidence isn't in the Chelsea lineup at the moment and it's well Spurs have got a bit more about them in terms of certainly a finisher on the pitch but look it's a it's an option it, well it, I say it was an option going into Spurs whether it is now that Thiago Silva's got an injury I'm not sure um, maybe. Maybe it's something that he can look at, but the Leeds, you know, going to Leeds, you, you, I don't know, you want, you want more. I, I'd, I'd be surprised if he goes three at the back against Leeds at the weekend, but you know, I think all bets are off now. We don't even know whether he'll be in charge on the weekend. So it's, 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 it's very much a state of flux.
4: Don made one of my points with regard to Thiago Silva. It may seem too much of a gamble to field three defenders that won't have played together before. Be a bit of a risk in, in that regard. I think there seems to be a sense that Grand Potter's reverted to not reverted to type but simplified things a little bit we saw in some of the performances uh, the, the game at Anfield uh, was it West Ham as well when Cucurella was going into midfield and you saw you know the patterns developing in the back three i think in the last few games John Mackenzie's done a piece on this it's he can articulate it a lot better than me but it seems to suggest that hasn't been getting results and just simplified things with the four-two-three-one, And obviously that hasn't meant results have turned either. So I can understand the clamour for the back three because Rhys James is your best player, uh, maybe with Jal Billets at the, at the moment, so potentially. So Rhys James needs to be higher at the pitch. I think he put two deliveries in in yesterday and um, we didn't see him marauding down the right-hand side at all. Chilwell did some, some good things, played a couple of lovely crossfield balls, but... Those two being more involved in the attack definitely would be a positive. I don't think this shape is getting the best out Fernandez, Fernandes, Enzo Fernandes. Um, if you could get uh, Zachariah back in there from the off, that may give him the freedom. Kante could potentially, I was thinking about it this morning, he could. I know I'm clutching a little bit here, but could he still be a game changer? Could he come back in and raise the levels? We've seen him do it countless times before. I don't know how far off he is, but I just think getting Enzo Fernandez higher up the pitch as well, yeah, that back three may enable him to to do so. And my final po- point really is, which of the wingers are automatic selections right now? Who's playing well enough to be in that side? And maybe the four two three one is because he's got. what you, you would think an embarrassment of riches in those positions, but none of them are producing. So you could arguably play a three five two, you could play the three four three, but a three five two you could play Felix off um off one front player, Sterling down the middle. He's got options, but I think it's important that Reese James and Ben Chilwell, going back to the to the question, are further up the pitch, unquestionably, because they're their best opportunity probably of getting balls into the box and getting goals.
0: Mm. Darren says what is our game plan Zash gets a start presumably to get some balls into the box then proceeds to do nothing James wasn't impactful offensively feels like it's all individual runs in the final third hoping for a moment of brilliance rather than an identifiable plan um, you mentioned Graham Potter Dom, you know, from from what we're told, it's the same line. Everything's fine. He's still being backed. He's going to turn it round. Chris says, have up to now back Potter when speaking with other fans and it's made me feel a bit smug, like I'm the level-headed one. Now I'm starting to feel like a bit of a mug. Would like to ask the pod how they see any improvements coming about this season. Is there any silver lining? I mean, is there? (laughs) If you beat Leeds and you beat Dortmund... Yes, I guess, but but what are we? How is that going to happen? Based on what we're seeing at the moment,
3: you know, it's a really good question because I'm someone that <laughs> that doesn't like change for change's sake, which has made me pretty angry for the last God knows how many 16 years covering Chelsea because Chelsea are the team that changes things when things go awry immediately, certainly under the previous regime. So I was forever the one that was. You know the person that was asked to write the piece. You know why? Why are they getting rid of Lampard? Why are they getting rid of Tuchel? Uh, it, and I can you can go way back, all all the way back to Jose Mourinho's first time for that. Um, now we were told that Chelsea were going to be different now, so this is that is why we we are assuming not assuming that the the noises coming out the club are we will stick with Potter, he is there for the long term. And he has been put in a very difficult situation here in as much as he's got a squad of 31, 30 now if Thiago Silva's injured, but 31 senior players. All those injured players have rushed back at pretty much at the same time, which is good news, you'd argue. All those new players have come in in January, which, again, you'd look at and think, well, that's good news for the long term. It's all going well. But there's a bloated squad here. And he just looks like a man. He doesn't really know which way to turn in terms of the options he's got. He's, there's so many different permutations you can come up with. I mean, even though the Q&A that you, you put out there yesterday on Twitter, everybody had different solutions in terms of selections. And I, I think that's, that's put him in a very difficult situation. Some managers would love to be in this situation because these are all pretty talented players, although a lot of them are unproven at this level, and, and in and in England, in the Premier League. A lot of them are trying to find their way, including players that cost £100 million plus. I have sympathy for him because I think when he was brought in, the noises were, this is a manager that will help us evolve. Well, Chelsea haven't evolved. Chelsea have had a revolution. They've not had an evolution. Chelsea have just completely ripped it up in terms of the transfer market across two windows and with wildly different strategies in terms of what they recruit. They've gone for experienced Koulibaly, Aubameyang, Sterling in one window, to buying a load of 22, 23-year-olds in the next, vast sums. That isn't an evolution. Introducing them, drip-feeding them in over a period of time and allowing a, an approach, a philosophy, whatever you want, to, to bed in, that that is an evolution. So what he's being asked to do now is not what he was being hired to do initially. So that, I am sympathetic in, with him completely. And, I'd, you know, I'd love it if, if Graham Potter proved everybody wrong and, and in five years' time is still Chelsea manager and Chelsea are competing, you know, hopefully below Palace and the table, but, you know, there you go. However, that all said, two wins in 15, fans in open revolt, not, not necessarily always the ones that go to the stadium, although they have been audibly disaffected of late. Performance is slack, confused, selection's a bit odd, you know. Why is, if we're looking to the future, why are people that Chelsea were willing to ship out on deadline day suddenly in the team and starting games? Why is Aubameyang even in the equation if he has no future at the club? And if he does have a future at the club, why isn't he? Why is he in the team? I mean, it's, 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 it's all a bit muddled on that front. And moreover, I think it's got to the point now where, Even if Chelsea beat Leeds and beat Dortmund, the first bad result they have after those fixtures, all those wounds will be opened up again. And I I just don't see how he turns it round. I don't see how he ever really wins over the doubters at Chelsea now. I think he looks like a a manager who, who knows the writings on the wall. And that's a manager under a regime that we don't know very much about, but it just feels as if we're just waiting now for the, for the inevitable, unfortunately. And, I, and I, I feel for him, as I said, I had all that sympathy. You know, I, I, I liked the original idea behind the appointment, but I don't think that is what Chelsea are at at the moment.
0: Yeah, definitely loads of sympathy for him, particularly after his pre-match press conference uh, before the game where he pointed out the kind of abuse him and his family have been getting. Um, Here's one from Matt, Sam, not me, uh, who says previous managers wouldn't be scared to upset players to light a fire under them. GP seems to just sit and watch. If he showed passion on the sideline, we'd back him so much more. Tuchel versus Spurs earlier this season got us backing him relentlessly. Um, Do you think from a player's perspective... He does need to, to give a few rollickings out, Graham Potter. It doesn't seem to be his style. But is that going to have any impact? I'm I'm just wondering what the what the kind of perception of him amongst the players is at the moment.
4: Yeah, but I don't think that's that's going to become apparent on a match day. He's not going to change the, his demeanour at the side of the pitch. But behind closed doors, you may have a point there, Matt. Yeah has he has he shown has he got it in his armoury to give the dressing downs that 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 probably it needs at the moment. Um, but that can go on at the training ground we're never going to be privy to that um, and that's why he's got members of staff that's why you know people have a right-hand man that may be more inclined to do so so i think there's probably a time and a place for that and I wouldn't be surprised if there's been some some tough conversations going on at the training ground and it may call for that right now but i don't i don't i don't see the merit in someone trying to be what they're not on the side of the pitch me personally I didn't want constant information I played for managers that wanted to play every pass that wanted to cajole that wanted to hammer you from the side of the pitch it had a negative effect on me if anything I wanted to know my job in the dressing room one or two pointers by all means at the training ground pull me into the office and absolutely hammer me no problem at all and sometimes that was to my benefit but he's not going to change and I, I don't buy into that personally I know that some of the supporters feel that he's not animated enough and we loved the stuff with Tuchel didn't we early part of the season but that was his character so he can do it his way but there probably is there probably is place for having a few tough conversations away from away from match days at the moment.
3: Sam can I just ask you I mean you must over your career have played for managers who who endured such miserable runs that you all thought well the writing's on the wall here he is going to go and then maybe there was a little upturn did those upturns feel temporary or did you did you once once the rod set in was that it or is it possible for somebody to to completely turn around and convince a dressing room that may have some doubts and convince a supporter base who may have doubts
4: I've probably played in in teams and and seen scenario both ways to be honest when it's affected the players to the extent where there's there's different agendas in the dressing room. When you're not together, I think that that is very, very difficult to repair. I don't know what the mood is amongst the, the Chelsea players. And I've been in a dressing room as well where a couple of good results can turn things around. And normally it would be kind of a run of games that would get you to the end of the season in mid-table, away from danger. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's invariably not going to be good enough for for Chelsea. I'm just thinking here, is there a position where the stance of the owners, Dom, this is a question to throw back to you, could change their outlook a little bit in terms of the recruitment model, bringing young players in from the continent for the future. Could they, in the summer, if Graham Potter remains in charge, wheel and deal a little bit with some of the more experienced members of the squad and bring in some ready-made replacements that could, in the short term, the start of next season, improve the results. So there's a little bit of an eye to the future, but also he gets two or three ready-made Premier League stars to, to try and go into next season with. Yeah, you'd imagine there would be scope to do that, I mean, particularly given there has to be a, a desire to, to trim the squad. Would there be an acceptance there, Don, that you've got a few wrong, though, last summer? Would there have to be? To me, it's unfathomable that they would think they got everything right last summer. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's so obvious
3: that, that 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 last summer was as as inevitably it was going to be in the first transfer window of new ownership, but with with without the recruitment team in place at that point. I mean, it was it was going to be madcap, and it was going to be difficult, and and mistakes are always made in that in that first few windows look at what happened when the manchester city takeover happened you know robinho was meant to be the star of the, the show and that, that didn't that didn't work mm. out so well did it i mean it's you know i i i think they there's a there must be a desire to trim the squad in the summer they have to try and raise some money and moreover bring bring a senior squad of 31 players down to something more manageable um, I mean, a lot of those guys are, are young and will, will still qualify for the, for the 25 man Premier League squad, which let's be honest is really going to be the only thing that Chelsea are probably going to have to worry about next year because 23 man UEFA squads are not going to be on the equation, most likely. Um, so they can have more than 25 players because a lot of those will be underage, but it has to be a number that, that the, the head coach, whoever it may be, can operate with comfortably at the moment this is this is all wrong this is a this is just out of hand the number of players i've got there it's impossible, as you said last week in the podcast i think it's impossible to keep this group happy i mean it's it has to be impossible to keep them happy because they're going to be senior players who expect to be playing and who came to chelsea to win trophies who are not even going to be in match day squads which is ludicrous
0: Yeah, Kukurea, one of those yesterday who didn't even make the bench. Um, Before we move on, because this is getting us all down, the key question comes from Frankie who says, is producer Lucy going to the Leeds game? Grimacing (laughs) face emoji. Um, Can we confirm whether you are or not, Lucy?
5: I'm never going to a Chelsea game ever again. Excellent.
3: Lise, why are you wearing your Lukaku shirt today?
5: (laughs) I was so smug. I was like strung around the press box, like woo! I flashed Simon, which scared the life out of him. And um, yes, it all went very, very horribly wrong. But here we are.
0: Don't flash people. Is, um, is exactly the that one <laughs> <laughs> I All right. What context. That's... Lucy's gone for of flashing there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ignore that, Matt. <laughs> I'm assuming you showed him your shirt.
5: It was very cold yesterday. I had about 10 layers on. I had to pull up the jumper to show the shirt underneath. Oh, got
4: it. Got it. Thank you.
5: I'm not that desperate for a Chelsea win. It could come to it. Important
0: context. Um, We've got to move on swiftly from this. We're digging a big old hole here. Uh, We're going to talk next about a Chelsea team who won a derby. Looking for an
1: assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone?
5: Gives it back. There's a good ball to Here's never ends out. She is deadly. And she has put Chelsea. two goals up here.
0: Elite performers, you know challenge themselves to compete for everything all of the time. Elite performance performers refuse to lose all of the time, elite performers find the way to win, that's what we are, we're elite performers and we have a mentality that can do it when getting off of planes a couple of days ago, both teams tired but unbelievable mentality from the team. Well, God bless Emma Hayes and her squad for offering us some respite in this most miserable of campaigns. The women's team swept aside Arsenal in the fifth round of the FA Cup at King's Meadow on Sunday. Sophie Ingle and Sam Kerr got the goals. Our friend Jesse Parker-Humphreys was there and sent us this report.
5: So I had the pleasure of skipping Chelsea play Tottenham and instead got to be at King's Meadow as Chelsea women ran out two nil winners over Arsenal to reach the FA Cup quarterfinals. Uh, interesting game, this one. Jonas Inevel kind of characterized it after the game as being a game where, you know, both teams had even opportunities and Chelsea were just able to take theirs. I mean, look, Chelsea were certainly clinical two goals from three shots on target. Um, and Arsenal Arsenal certainly had their moments, um, AKB back in goal, certainly had to pull out uh, a couple of big saves. But it felt like after the second goal went in, that the fight just kind of went out of Arsenal, I think, um, compared to the Maybe recent games where we've seen Chelsea after international breaks, they were a lot better at making sure they stayed in the game, putting Arsenal under pressure from the start. Uh, and when Sophie Ingle got got the opener, it, it felt like fair. It felt like it had been coming. As I say, you know, Arsenal did did have their moments, but it never really felt like they were going to get a goal back, especially after Sam Kerr scored the second, that being her 82nd goal in her 100th appearance for Chelsea just a ridiculous uh, return from from the striker who for me right now is just is simply one of the best in the world chelsea fans think the end even with jet lag she's better than you um so yeah i mean a great result for chelsea in terms of getting one over arsenal not so great for the fixture list because uh, it means adding another game in is going to be played on the 19th of March um yet to find out who Chelsea have got in that and obviously they get to go and play Arsenal again next Sunday in the Conti Cup final so Chelsea will be hoping for more of the same then
0: well a clinical Chelsea side who'd thunk it uh, as Jessie points out Sam an 82nd goal in her 100th Chelsea appearance for Sam Kerr as my favorite wrestler Roman Reigns would say she's in god mode right now they are extraordinary numbers
4: Numbers I haven't heard since Barnes-Eagles under-12s, I don't think. <laughs> that was uh, close to my
0: record. Yeah, in-
4: incredible form. I think 10 in 5, if I've just done my maths correctly. A couple of, well, 1-4 and 1-3 in there, wasn't there? Yeah, brilliant goal scorer. Always think back to those those early days in the Chelsea shirt when we were probably questioning whether she was going to take Chelsea onto the next level. She'd been sensational and doesn't have lightning pace, but always looks to to run beyond, always looking to play on the defender's shoulder. Um, invariably, you see the number on the back of her shirt. So, old school, out and out goal scorer, and a really, really good couple of really good finishes yesterday, actually, in a, in a game that had loads of attempts, didn't it? Both sides. So, I think Arsenal well outshot Chelsea. So, yeah, great to get through. And, um, yeah, she's having a phenomenal, phenomenal spell at Chelsea in, in a very, very good vein of form.
3: To do that, having just got off a plane from Australia is is quite remarkable, isn't it?
0: Incredible, yeah. Um, as Jesse pointed out, the chant reflected uh, her ability to do that. <laughs> nice warm up for for next weekend's League Cup final, Dom. You must be psyched to see some silverware at Selhurst Park. <laughs>
3: I'm not going to rise to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should be good. Be to see what crowd they get. That be that that would mm. be good. It's in a in a you know smaller stadium than the then you know, most venues for cup finals, they, they should get a decent crowd there.
0: Yeah, you can still get a ticket, I do believe, if you want to go down and uh, cheer on the girls and see Chelsea hopefully lift some silverware. Uh, in terms of the men's academy size, the under-21s play tonight. That's Monday as we record against Arsenal and the under-18s didn't have a game. Right, uh, Lucy and I got our heads together after the show on Thursday and we thought, mm, this is going to be another miserable, depressing pod. We're going to need something to liven it up a bit.
1: Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply.
0: Right, you'll like this because it's not about Chelsea, this quiz. It's about the life and times of Dominic Fifield and Sam Parkin. So three questions from the other. Um, A little bit of fun. (laughs) Dom, you're up first. Name the four clubs that Sam had loan spells at whilst a Chelsea player.
4: Gotta get all four. Yep. It's <laughs> a tough score. I
3: haven't got to a
0: tough.
4: i got to get his, his four placements
3: after <laughs> university. You've told me um about was it Northampton you had to go at? Northampton. Northampton Easton.
0: Easton. Oh
4: nice one. Do I really have to get all four?
0: You sure do.
4: Millwall. My, my, my family members wouldn't get all four. Millwall
0: is correct as well. So can I can I get a geographical clue? Uh, one more. Uh, one is very northern, more northern than the rest, and uh, another is kind of south. Yeah, south. <laughs> well, yeah, south.
3: Well, thanks for that. Yeah, <laughs> So one's in the north, one's in the south.
0: Uh, they're both current... Oh, no. Actually, one of them is not an EFL club. Ooh, One's in League One. One is in the National League. Oldham? Oldham is absolutely correct. It's just one to get. Uh, your colleague... Duncan Alexander uh, once described a goal that Sam got for this club as one of the most important in their history.
3: That's a massive clue. So thank yeah. you very much. It has to be Wickham then.
0: <laughs> Wickham it is. Well done. You got there with a massive assist from me. Thank um, you. <laughs> Sam, according to his bio on The Athletic, how many years did Dom work for The Guardian before his high-profile transfer? Forgot
4: I got margin for error.
0: No, you have a margin for error I on did. question two, so I can't give you one on this.
4: <laughs> Dom would be what? One. He'd be about that age.
0: Thanks for that, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> You've done you a favour there by saying that <laughs> rather than an actual guess. Well,
4: considering you know, me, and, me and Graham Lasso were often passing the paper between us, you know, during the, <laughs> the, the heady days, Dom's writing at The Guardian, I think <laughs> we're going back to around that era. He's only relatively big. Um So that'd have been too far would have been late nineties. I've written about there.
0: Just a bit of fun. No need to take it too seriously.
4: <laughs> Eighteen years.
0: Oh, it's good. It's close, but it's not right. How long was it, Dom?
4: It's twenty years.
3: Twenty oh, years.
0: Very close. Unlucky. lucky. Uh, all right. Let's see how you get on with this one, Dom. Sam is one of four ex players who I have regularly commentated alongside for Chelsea TV this season. Name the other three.
4: (laughs) (sighs) Made it about him, hasn't he?
0: I've got to be honest, Sam. It's quite hard to come up with some quiz questions about Tom's life (laughs) and career. He must have have
3: commentated alongside Jason Cundy, surely.
0: Cundy is correct.
3: Uh, Clive Walker.
0: Clive Walker is correct. The other one was yesterday, alongside Cundy. Three-man commentary team. <laughs> You're right to pull that face, Lucy. It's difficult to, um, navigate.
2: Can I get a
3: position? So we'll... <laughs>
0: nope, you've had a big clue on the last one,
4: Sam <laughs> Uh... Just go Ali McCoy, he must have turned that Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Charity game.
3: Have you ever commented alongside Pat Nevin? Does he do Pat Nevin, do Chelsea? Pat
0: TV? Nevin is correct. Two for two you are, Dom. So. Oh, my word. Well done. Um, Sam, you really need this one. <laughs> According to LinkedIn, how many mutual connections do Dom and I have? You've got a margin of Am I even on LinkedIn? Here. I
3: didn't even know I was on it.
0: <laughs> you are, yeah. Uh, you take it about as seriously as I do looking at it. You may- <laughs> one post in history um, which is one more than me but anyway we're not connected okay. together you and I but we have mutual connections how many of them are there do you think Sam you've got a margin of error of two either way here oh, is
4: can difficult. you tell me how many connections you, is it like having friends on on followers I think so, yeah. can you tell me how many, yeah. many you've got in, in entirety
0: Matt to give me like a ballpark uh, I mean I could try I haven't been on LinkedIn for quite a long time. I just put I Don's my name into Twitter and like the third thing that comes up is okay. LinkedIn. How many mutual so attachments did you call them? Uh connections. Can I, Are our
4: connections.
3: listeners really wanting to hear this?
0: <laughs> um, well, I don't think they really wanted to hear us talk about the game against Tottenham, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've got three hundred and four connections.
4: Okay, that's good. Thank you. Um well you gonna have a I can't believe you only give me two and I got
0: all right. No, that that's not fair. I'll give you five because I gave Dom a big clue earlier.
4: Give him
3: ten. I <laughs> mean, forty. Show button, you can have
0: forty. 10. Forty. Okay. You still wouldn't have got it with ten. Fifty-eight. Apparently. Wow. Another good
4: effort.
3: Not
0: yeah, bad. it was, but no points. Uh, <laughs> all right, you'll like this one, Sam. This is Dom's final question. Sam was part of the St Mirren team that <laughs> won the 2013 Scottish League Cup final, beating Hearts in a 3-2 thriller. Sam came off the bench in the 77th minute. Uh, two current Premier League players started that game for St Mirren. Uh, take the name of just one of them, please. Amazing, isn't it? Ten years ago. you've f- f- The nature... Of my questions,
4: determine that he's got to name both of them here.
0: <laughs> Honestly, Actually, yeah. I mean, you've won anyway, so come on. In fact, I'd
4: have given, I'd have given him the obvious one, John McGinn. And then,
0: John McGinn's the obvious one, yeah. But you've got to the, other the other ones, one. the Another other ones,
4: in, the other one's a great question.
0: The other one is in a Premier League squad, but has not a, appeared in the competition this season
4: because I've only just got it myself.
0: Mm.
3: No, version. I have I have absolutely no. I can't even think of any other Scottish players. Pat Nevin! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Who was it, Sam?
4: I think it's Paul Dummett.
0: It was Paul Dummett. Wow.
4: Yeah. Was he alone? Yeah. yeah, he did really well. Very well. He's, uh, he, it was two of them. Another lad. Connor Newton. He scored the goal. The other lad on loan from Newcastle. Yeah, two of them at the same
0: time. Good boys. Where's your medal, Sam? Uh, it's in my sock drawer. Yeah. <laughs> disrespectful <laughs> alright you need to get on the board here you're not getting a medal for this but you might at least salvage some respectability this is your easiest question by a distance who has the most Twitter followers Dom Simon or Liam <laughs> if you can get it <laughs> exactly <laughs> the number then you win the whole quiz
4: it's set up to me for me to offend someone here because I yeah. was going to you know. yeah
0: that's why I wrote the question
4: Yeah, I was going to give my thought process there, but it's not very kind. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not about who's the best writer or anything. but um, It's got to be Dom, right?
3: Definitely Simon.
0: What's the logic there, Sam? Dom tweets. Well, don't do this.
4: Don't do do that. Well, just because Dom used to work for The Guardian for years. Mm. Simon at the Standard, right? Yep. Liam, obviously, I'm going to say he's like your yeah, relatively new on the scene, young followers. Do you know, do you know what I mean? If you were a, if you were a, a social media Chelsea guy girl. Liam would be a go-to, wouldn't he, in the modern era? Oh,
3: this is a, this is.
0: Lucy, the, this you got a spade for Sam, and... why? <laughs> why? that Why? Why? That's fine, isn't it? <laughs> I'm saying
4: that. I'm saying that more people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh. I mean, you're you, you're dead wrong. Um, Simon's well, got the most so by miles. He's got 182,000. So why
4: would
3: Simon have more than?
4: Because he's more active, or
3: because Simon's Simon's a, a club specialist. I would go for. I'd say okay. he's been doing. I reckon. I think if you if you support Chelsea and you're on Twitter, you probably follow Simon Johnson.
0: Yeah, okay. Liam's catching him up. He's got 141.1 thousand followers. Uh, Dom, poof, just the seventy thousand. I mean, oh. pretty
3: much got all the Crystal Palace followers though.
0: <laughs> and that is not the real. <laughs> Shows what I that.
4: know about Twitter. <laughs>
3: yeah, and me, <laughs>
0: Sam. That's your first ever blank. Yeah, you haven't got one question right. Oh, um, so that was absolutely
3: brutal. You have to ask questions about the mark. A,
4: I'm going to take a point for knowing that Dom's been at the uh, Guardian for in between, was it the Guardian for in between 18 and 20 years. I'll okay,
0: well, you, you can but, take that if you like. Uh, Lucy wrote a tiebreaker, <laughs> which is add together the number of bylines accredited to Dom on the Athletic with Sam's appearances in his career, according to Transfermarkt. So how many bylines has Dom got? How many games did Sam play? Do you know how many games he played, Sam? You must
4: not, re- not really. No, um, start starts or appearances or
0: apps. Lucy says it took twenty minutes for her to to work this out.
4: Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's not that many to be honest. Four hundred twenty or something.
0: That's a really good guess. Four hundred twenty-six. Well done,
4: Sam. You can have it for that.
3: Isn't
0: Brilliant. That, that, how many bylines have you had, Dom? Uh, this, absolutely this blew no my mind. idea.
3: Absolutely no idea. I, a lot of them were, a lot of them were just sort of piggybacking on stuff that that Simon and Liam write. I'm sure.
0: Accredited to Mr. Fifield is how Lucy's written it. <laughs> uh, so Let's many people credit stuff by now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't know, two uh, hundred.
0: <sighs> Tell you what, you're about to celebrate a big anniversary. Your next one will be your five hundredth.
3: Wow. Yeah. Well, wow, is that why they made me suddenly give up writing? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah because when you get to 500 you get a testimonial and (laughs) there's just not the budget for that I'm afraid so you'll be stuck on 499 for a while Uh, listener well done if you've stayed with us uh, for that long hopefully there was something enjoyable in that for you so sorry (laughs) Uh, head to the Athletic if you want to read more about Chelsea but I mean we'll understand if you you want a bit of a break to be frank Uh, we'll build up to the Leeds game on Thursday that's another one that comes into the must win category is isn't it um, Sam, what have you got on between now and then? Is there a football league game with your name on it this week? Um, oh god, it's been a busy
4: morning. Um, PL2 tonight, Matt. So Ch- Chelsea, Arsenal this evening, and then Fulham, Leeds in the cup Tuesday night. So I'll let you know how Leeds are looking.
0: Oh, that's handy that they've got a midweek game at least. Um, Dom, is there anything on the Athletic that you would particularly like to point people to today?
3: Well, it hasn't been filed yet, but uh. Uh, by the time this pod comes out, it may well be in the pipeline to go to launch on Tuesday, but we, we're, we're launching a series of articles, which they've foolishly put me semi in charge of, um, about some of the biggest, most ferocious derbies across Europe. Um, and the first wave of articles is coming this week. We've got three going this week. One on, we had Oli Kaye in at Panathon Panathinaikos on Saturday night. We had Greg O'Keefe at Marseille against Paris Saint-Germain on Sunday and we had Michael Walker reporting from the Scottish League Cup final, Rangers Celtic, on Sunday as well. And that we'll be publishing them over the course of this this week. And I'm I'm pretty confident with the quality of writing that those guys are gonna provide, it's gonna be quite good fun to read.
0: Yeah, looking forward to that. Athletic.com slash Pod, the place to go to sign up. Listen, if you, uh, you're the one who made it all the way through to the end, you've got the little Easter egg there of Dom saying French things in his French accent, which is always a treat for us all. Um, we'll be back on Thursday to look ahead to the Leeds game and to the League Cup final as well, which is coming up this weekend for the Chelsea women's team. Join us for that if you can. Bye for now. The
3: Athletic.